0: Chapter 34 of cutlass and cudgel this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot cutlass and cudgel by George Manville Fenn chapter 34 Archie Raystoke's sense of weariness rapidly passed off as the oars splashed and the boat glided softly out of the waters of the cove between the two huge corners of rock which guarded the entrance and then began to dance up and down as she reached out into the tideway after the darkness of the old quarry with its faint odor of spirits the night seemed comparatively like noonday and the pure brisk air that fanned his cheeks was delicious he seemed to drink it in drawing down great draughts which made his bosom swell his heart beat And there were moments when, like a schoolboy upon whom has suddenly come upon the joys of an unexpected half-holiday, he felt ready to jump up, toss his cap in the air, and shout for joy. But it would be undignified in an officer, he felt, and he sat still, feeling the boat live almost in the water as she throbbed from end to end with the powerful strokes, and glide up the waves, hang for a moment, and slide down tidy swell on mr raystoke said Gurr. oh it's glorious replied the lad in a low voice glorious yes you don't know what it means to have been shut up in a place like a cellar always black and longing to see the blue sky and sunshine well there aren't none now my lad no Gurr, there is no blue sky and sunshine but but this is delightful and he said to himself with his breast swelling I feel stupid and as if I could cry like a child. They were nearing the cutter fast, her lights growing plainer, and the lad leaned forward with feelings that were almost ecstatic as he tried to scan her lines, and thought of leaping on her deck and feeling the easy, yielding motion as she rose and fell to her cable where she lay at anchor. He even thought how glorious it would be for there to come a storm. With a spray beating on his cheeks, and then as he involuntarily raised his hand to his face, a thought occurred to him, which made him start. Oh! He mentally ejaculated, as he thought of his long sojourn in the cave, and a feeling of satisfaction came over him, that it was dark. What a horribly dirty wretch! I must look. A hail came from the cutter at last, and was answered from the boat archie's heart beating fast as he dimly saw the figures on board and thought of the joy of being once more in his own cabin gur he whispered don't say a word to mr brow let me tell him i've come on board right my lad but you'll say we found you and all that you see i must make my report of course just then the oars were thrown up and laid alongside and as the lieutenant came to the gangway archie sprang onto the cutter so sharply that he came rather roughly in contact with his commanding officer how dare you why you clumsy young before he could say more the midshipman touched his red cap come aboard sir he said why what mr ray oh my dear boy there was not a bit of official dignity in the greeting for the plump little lieutenant in his surprise and delight caught archie by the arms then by the shoulders stared in his face seized his hands shook them both and was about to hug him but suddenly recollecting himself he drew back in with that boat he cried sharply then giving the orders to slip the cable and prepare to make sail he turned to gurr i'll take your report directly mr gurr he said and then very stiffly take charge of the deck mr raystoke follow me sir to my cabin going to wig me said the midshipman as he followed his officer down into the cabin and shut the door now sir cried the lieutenant turning upon him sharply have the goodness to explain your conduct stop not a word yet i entrusted you with an important commission i dealt with you as if you were a man an officer and a gentleman and instead of doing your duty you went off like a contemptible cabin-boy on a shore-going game sir dissipation sir behaved like a blackguard till all your money was spent and then you come sneaking back on board insult me by blundering up against me and all you've got to say for yourself is come aboard sir now then what else have you to say Well, sir stop let me tell you that knowing as I did what a young scamp you were I refrained from reporting your conduct at Portsmouth to get you dismissed his majesty's service and Knowing too that it would break your father's and mother's heart I did not write and tell them for I said to myself He'll come back and ask forgiveness tomorrow and I'll punish him and forgive him for I did not want to blast your career But tomorrow has always been coming and you haven't come till tonight and now what have you to say before before i treat you yes i've a good mind to, like some mutinous scoundrel and what's that sir what's that how dare you sit down in my presence when i'm so done up sir and hungry and faint and serve you right you insolent young dog i knew it and oh i say mr brow you don't think i could have been such a beast what i found out all about the smugglers but they caught me and i've been a prisoner ever since do give me something to eat and drink and don't scold me any more till i've got on my uniform and had a good wash my dear boy my dear archie raystoke cried the lieutenant seizing his hands and pumping them up and down of course i didn't think it knew you were too much of a gentleman but i was stuffed full of thoughts like that and they would come out here he cried drink that and here's some cake sent from pool and and tip it up and eat away i am glad to see you again god bless you my dear boy i'm your officer but you don't know how miserable i've been yes sir i do i know you've always liked me cried the midshipman between mouthfuls he was taking but never mind the being prisoner sir i know all the scoundrel's secrets now and you can capture them and make some good hauls you must send a strong party ashore as soon as it's day but but archie answered those butts to such an extent that gurr's report was needless and the master was terribly disappointed by that time the cutter was slowly gliding away seaward with every eye on the watch for as the lieutenant explained after telling his recovered officer how he had searched in all directions he had that night seen lights shown far up on one of the cliffs lights which might mean a warning to some vessel to keep off Or just as likely might have the other intention and be an invite to some lugger to land her cargo In any case the lieutenant meant to be on the alert and hence the sailing of the cutter The lieutenant had hesitated a little at first after hearing his midshipman's report, but he now decided how to act No, he said not tonight my lad. I'm inclined to think the signal was a warning to keep off They may hide the cargo they leave ashore and if we don't capture it so much the worse But our work is to crush up the gang more than to capture a few barrels and bales We'll look out tonight and as soon as it's daylight you shall make sure of the bearings of your prison Then we'll land a strong boats crew and go along the top of the cliff to the place and put an end to that game You shall make a good meal and then have a sleep ready for tomorrow's work Ha cried the little lieutenant that ought to mean a good day's business mr Raystoke and promotion to better jobs than this I hope so sir said Archie with his mouth full no use to hope said the lieutenant dismally I'm like poor old Gurr. They don't consider me fit for service in a crack ship and when I make my report and send in my dispatches and ask for an appointment I shall be told I do my work too well on this important service and that they cannot spare so valuable an officer from the station Gammon mr.. Raystoke gammon It's all because I'm so little and so fat Archie was silent, for he knew it was the truth, and that such a quaint little fellow did not somehow quite command the men's respect. Half an hour after, he was sleeping heavily with the delightful sensation of being undressed and between blankets. To wake up with a start in the morning by hearing Ram coming to the trap door? No, it was a noise on deck, and he sprang up and rapidly washed and dressed to hurry up to see what was going on. End of chapter 34